Holiday talking more or less. HTML is brought to you by the fine folks here at cageclub.me for all things movies, music, media, comics, holidays, and more. Check out cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Today on Husbands Talking More or Less, Nico and Kevo decide to take a holiday detour, starting with a look at some specials from Christmas past. But is this nostalgic Noel all it's cracked up to be? Or will the husbands be facing a nightmare before Christmas? Find out next on Husbands Talking More or Less. Well, you know the season is merry and bright And it's the HTML holiday special time Pico, Kevo, and Jonah bringing you that holiday smile Also, Joey Hey everybody, I'm Santa. Wait, no, I'm not Santa Claus at all. I'm Nico Ho Ho. <laughs> Kevodolf? I don't know. I got nothing. Well, either way, like a box of Spice Girls Chupa Pops, we are journeying to the 90s. We're going to take ourselves on a nostalgic journey through holiday specials of yore. Gone past. Bygone. But one specific set of holiday specials. A Mighty Morphin set of holiday specials. Of course you mean the holiday special from Bobby's World. I actually don't know if Bobby's World had a holiday special, and now I'm going to have to look that up. Is that even streaming anywhere? I hope not. Let's make that deal. I think, like, Crackle. (laughs) Oh, so it's on there with Mad About You. Enough joking, enough joking. A Very Morlock Christmas. You're joking. I would cover A Very Morlock Christmas, so please feel free to write in to X's for Podcast and petition Nico to cover A Very Morlock Christmas from the X-Men animated series, if not this year, next year, for Christmas. You're welcome. So, clearly, we're talking about a bunch of Power Rangers specials, but let me tell you how fucking few Power Rangers appear in these, and yet how many? Yeah, especially the first one. So let's just kick it off right out the gate with Alpha's Magical Christmas, which was a special direct to VHS that never aired on television that predominantly featured Alpha 5 and a gaggle of children whose singing was a lot more akin to screaming for most of it. And we've discovered a lot of really amazing things about Power Rangers. For instance, the guy who is really responsible for what we understand to be Power Rangers, Chaim Saban, is a musician. And not just a musician, like, he wrote every fucking theme song, including Power Rangers. So, in a lot of ways, it was unshocking that this was sort of like if Touched by an Angel directed MTV's Beach House. Well, this was also a pet project of Cheryl Saban. She really wanted to do something thing unique with the Power Rangers franchise. She felt that they had to explore outside the usual box if they wanted to grow the brand. And while this special did not necessarily take off, it didn't quite crash like certain Star Wars holiday specials. And the brand is still alive and very well today. So I guess she had the right idea. This is not the first time that Alpha has been like, I'm 
sad because the Power Rangers aren't paying enough attention to me. Well, and this special makes no goddamn fucking sense, no matter how you slice it. So this VHS was released October 19th of 1994. That was the day after White Light Part 2 aired. That was over a week before the introduction of the World Peace Conference, two weeks before the introduction of Adam, Aisha, and Rocky, and three weeks before Jason, Trini, and Zack departed and the other three became Rangers. What is this White Light nonsense you discuss? I thought that there were five Power Rangers plus that green one with the cool shield. Oh, you want me to, like, back up and give, like, some Power Rangers 411? Because I could do that. I mean, give the most basic beep, 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 beep that you can give. Well, for those who don't remember, Tommy originally started as the Green Ranger, and there was that whole saga of him constantly losing his powers, so he eventually had to transition to the White Ranger, which was actually because they ran out of Sentai footage of the Green Ranger. Shortly after that, mostly because the actors playing them walked off set since they weren't getting paid enough, Jason Tree and Zack were written out of Power Rangers with Rocky, Adam, and Aisha written into the franchise as the new Red, Black, and Yellow Rangers. It isn't until you rewatch it as an adult that you can see how unceremoniously Jason, Trini, and Zack are just missing from their own final episodes. Yeah, they actually just stop appearing at one point as the actual actors and instead they use archive footage of them when you need to see the physical actors outside of their suits, which is why Tommy suddenly starts wearing green again for a little while and like he literally will take a moment to put his hair into a ponytail before teleporting to the command center so they can use old footage because now that Tommy is the white ranger he doesn't wear a ponytail he just lets it all fly out but so this episode features Tommy as the green ranger but has Rocky Adam and Aisha fully aware of and like sending a Christmas message to the power rangers and it is said that the other three who are not named are still at the World Peace Project, which is not what it is called. It is the World Peace Conference. Every Power Rangers fan knows where they went. Now, it's really important to understand that in talking about Power Rangers not being in this, it's almost as if This was something that was thrown together. One of the things I love about making comics is sometimes you come to realize an issue should or shouldn't exist. You come to realize a story works or doesn't. I kind of feel like, well, I mean, Alpha must have just been hanging out on the set and doing some sort of make-a-wish with a bunch of tone-deaf children. And they just sort of threw this together. And then it's almost like Amy Jo Johnson, Jason David Frank, and David Yost, who play Kimberly, Tommy, and Billy, respectively, confusedly walked into the set thinking they were supposed to be somewhere else. They clearly grabbed them in the middle of filming a different episode, and they had about 20 minutes to go over their lines, which they deliver pretty well. Like, they are the highlight of the episode. If you are nostalgic at all for Power Rangers and curious about this special, but find yourself not able to take it anymore after the first five minutes, just skip ahead to the last five. It's only their appearance that really matters. It's really cool, and I thought it was awesome that David Yost, of all people, mentions that he hopes for a safe world where we'll be free to grow into the best person we can be because like everything that he went through on set in terms of being a gay man like that was just a really cool thing to have seen that he said back then. I thought that Amy Jo Johnson really did a respectable job almost like she walked onto that set like alright I've done so many Christmas pageants baby Jesus, Mary, I played a lamb once. Oh you just want me to sing whichever Christmas song I can do that and David was like I can do it too and Jason David Frank was like can I 
lip sync to someone else? I don't know if he asked, but I hope so. Because, like, speaking of Christianity, though, this special, which isn't even canon, is the only reference to Christianity in all of the Power Rangers franchise. And in fact, you pointed out when we watched the next episode that they reuse a an arrangement of Silent Night from this special, but the only reference to Jesus is Holy Infant. So even in that episode where they use Silent Night, they don't mention Christ. There is no mention of Christ or Christianity in all of canon Power Rangers. Weirdly enough, this special was also adapted into a book and cassette or CD set titled Lord Zed's Holiday Humbug, which added a subplot of Lord Zed resurrecting the Primitar monster to frame the Power Rangers in a heist of Christmas presents. It also has Tommy as the White Ranger rather than Green, so it does sort of try and fix the continuity there. It's so weird to me that this took place in a Zed era because it feels like such like a baby town frolic of what the Power Rangers are. Well, from this one, we move on to a Christmas special that features a ton more of the Rangers, though never morphed for whatever hand-wavy reasons that they give. It is I'm Dreaming of a White Ranger, which is an actual televised episode of the show, which makes it remarkably different from the first Christmas special. However, it was released on VHS far in advance of airing on television. It was released the 12th of September in 1995, the same day that Ninja Quest Part Two aired, Ninja Quest being the television bastardized retelling of the movie, which is not canon. Eventually, the episode aired on the 23rd of November 1995, which was two weeks after the departure of Kimberly from the series, which was on the 8th of November. This one at least felt a little bit more Power Rangers-y. The first one felt very much like a sing-along. Anybody who ever had a Disney sing-along knows exactly what I'm talking about, but like the lyrics were missing, so it was even dumber than normal. Oh, actually, yeah, and if there were lyrics on the screen, I think it might have seemed less stupid. Like, and I'm sorry to say that, you know, I love Alpha as much as the next guy, but it was. And this had a lot, a lot more of the Rangers, which made it feel a lot more like the actual series. I have to assume that the reason this one features the Rangers unmorphed so consistently is there wasn't a whole lot of Roman Catholic Western Christianity to the Sentai, so there probably wasn't any usable footage, but they still really wanted this. I'm not great with some of the little person helium voice stuff, but you know. Well, fun fact, the head female elf in this episode, Rami J. Sharif, was the original suit actress for Alpha 5. That is not her voice, however. Her voice was dubbed over by Wendy Lee, who would eventually take over voicing Alpha 6 when Katerina Luciani was, you know, run out of town on a rail for voicing Alpha 6, like, yo, 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 what up? People weren't a fan of that. And with another Turbo Connection, this featured Tracy Lynn Cruz as an extra, who would later go on to play Ashley in Power Rangers Turbo and Power Rangers in Space. One of the things that this special helped me understand is that my Power Rangers fandom is kind of this weird slide. Like, I feel like everything that happened happened in small chunks, and then there's lots of filler, but I can't believe this had cat in it. It almost feels impossible to me that the second ever Power Rangers holiday special had cat in it. Well, it had cat in it in a similar way to the first special having Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. The only scenes that Cat Hillard, the second pink Power Ranger, was featured in were part of the original VHS release of this episode. Those scenes have not appeared anywhere 
anywhere else since. But there is an extended scene before the rangers teleport to the North Pole, where they receive a greeting from Kat, who is visiting her family in Australia for Christmas. This can only fit inside an episode in continuity, though, because the three-part story, where they find out that Catherine was being controlled by Rita Repulsa, who turned her into a cat, yup, it's weird and complicated, the first part of that story has Kimberly depart the series at the end of part three. Now, there's a lot of conversation in the Power Rangers fandom about what all of this means, and a lot of people actually do sort of assume that one full year passes inside one episode, which I know sounds bizarre, but it actually makes the timeline work better. But I can see why perhaps these scenes were omitted from later releases of this episode. It's fascinating to me that they weren't restored for streaming because we definitely didn't see them when we watched it on Netflix. And it's weird that they would have no problem with a continuity slide of Alpha's Magical Christmas, but would remove the only scene that has Cat in it from this episode. Well, I believe we watched Alpha's Magical Christmas on YouTube. I don't think that it's been changed in subsequent re-releases, though. Oh, okay. I understand what you mean. In my head, I'm like, well, it's not canon anyway. Well, that's a really good point. Interesting take. I kind of have to marvel at the reality that this is the second Power Rangers special to not really feature any Power Ranger ring. I mean, yeah, they're hanging out, out of their suits, doing fight stuff, but, like, the Power Rangers are those pleather suits. And it's a really funny counterbalance to a few episodes from the previous season while they were filming Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, where the actors were not available for as much filming. There were a few episodes where the Rangers spent most of the time morphed, and so it's really funny to see episodes where they spend most of the time not morphed at all. I also really loved Kimberly's jacket in this episode. It was really cute. But the little girl who was annoyed at her dad for, like, having a job was not as cute. Yeah, this kind of fell into the Christmas shoes category where it was like other people suffering is to teach me a lesson and there was something really weirdly hollow to this special all of the santa stuff made it feel like a farce and not that power rangers is super grounded in reality though if you read the comics right now you'd never think that but power rangers felt like sci-fi silly farce and this made it like fantasy magical castle silly farce even when tommy and kimberly and rocky fell into Kimberly's favorite childhood fairy tale book and had to help a magical elf deliver Christmas toys and cure his grumpiness, that felt less overall campy than this sequence of them going to the North Pole and fighting off Rito Revolto using a snowball fight. I haven't seen any of the other more recent Christmas specials, so I don't know how much quote-unquote monster fighting is involved in them and what that looks like but I'm curious especially because I don't think Japan has gotten more super about like Christmas culture so it'll be interesting to see how they try to bridge that gap more going forward And our third and final episode certainly does not have any morphing or fighting in it either. It is the Power Rangers Zeo episode, A Season to Remember, which first aired on the 27th of November in 1996. And despite being the last episode of Power Rangers Zeo to air, four days after the last one on the 23rd, it's not really truly considered the finale. It kind of can be, though. It can really be considered an epilogue to the franchise. 
because Power Rangers Zio was one of the first series that ended on an actual, like, positive, victorious note. They had defeated the Machine Empire and everything was good. But because this episode is bookended with the future old man Tommy telling it, this could have taken place anywhere during Zio. Now, I don't want to correct you because I know you are the Morphin Grid kid, but I do believe there was a ton of fighting in this episode. This episode teaches you the value of Christmas. Hello! And friendship and dead-eye singing. And how Australians have shrimp at Christmas and other things. And for Jewish. Yeah, I do have to say they didn't just invent the character of Raymond for this one episode. He does appear in one other episode, which is a very Power Rangers thing. You'll frequently see a recurring character who is only ever in two or three. But because most of the show is the Power Rangers, their teachers, their bullies, and the people who live in the command center, it's remarkable when you see anyone else more than once. Okay, weird statement. You refer to them as their bullies, but that made me chuckle because I don't think anybody really bullies the Rangers. In that regard, I guess the way you have to look at it is if bullies have nerds that they target, good guy super jocks have bullies they target. So in that regard, it's kind of like the Power Rangers are the Phineas and Ferb to Bulk and Skull's Buford to, I guess, sort of maybe Billy's Baljeet. There's also a little bit of Candace to Bulk and Skull, but yeah, I wasn't looking at it as their bullies, the people who bully them. I was putting the emphasis on their, as in the bullies that they take responsibility for. At this point, Bulk and Skull aren't bullies anymore, and in fact, they weren't in the previous episode either. Something that people don't really remember as much from our childhoods is the bizarre transformation that Bulk and Skull went through. It's really mostly in the first season that they are bullies. In the second season, their arc is trying to find out who the Power Rangers are. And in the third season, their arc is becoming like junior police officers, which I guess you could say is potentially from the influence of studying the Power Rangers for a year. And then eventually when being junior cops doesn't work out because, you know, they're bulk and skull, they become detectives. It's a really weird, long journey for those characters. And it's made all the more fascinating by some of the predictive future canon. For instance, one day she'll be known as Mrs. Timberly Skullovich. That is in the canon Bible. Yeah, someone, a certain someone who shall remain nameless decided. What was it, Chocolate Rain? The less said about Scorpion Rain right now, the better. Certain people decided apparently that Skull and Kimberly are married in the future. That's true. They definitely have a kid together because Bulk and Skull's kid were the recurring background characters of a season. Also potentially canon is the marriage between Cat and Tommy that's implied with these bookends. It wasn't really until recently, but with the 25th anniversary special that aired in 2018, we see Tommy and Kat holding hands during one part. I guess they really do end up getting married. Let's give a little bit of background on Power Rangers because I feel like we maybe partially jumped into this episode without really talking about the why. I believe we've seen every episode of the first nine seasons. We are really big Power Rangers fans. My favorite Rangers of all time are the Gold Ranger, the classic Red Rangers, so Jason, Rocky, TJ. I'm a pretty big fan of Blue Rangers, Billy, TJ, Rocky. I'm seeing a trend. Oh, I also like Jason, the Gold Rangers. Okay, I think I might only like a handful of Rangers. Who knew? However, my favorite character in the entire franchise is Astronema. She is one of the most fantastic characters ever. And Kevo, I know the Green Ranger is your do-or-die Ranger. Yeah, pretty much. Power Rangers is having a humongous creation 
creative resurgence. Now, that movie was actually really good, and I wish more people liked it. I wish I liked the Zords more. That was probably my biggest complaint. I thought Elizabeth Banks did a great job. Love her, love her work, love her and her work. And I really enjoy the comics. And one of my favorite aesthetics I've ever seen is this new Pink Ranger, Ranger line they did for the Pink Ranger miniseries, which was great. And we really do care about these characters. And so for a lot of people, they might not realize that the continuity stretches 25, 30 years in a really genuine way. It's still Tommy Oliver that's appearing. It's still the Skullovich line. And there's something really incredible about getting to follow these character narratives across all of this time. And it's really fascinating how they were able to find a way to make this work and continue working over the last 25 plus years and constantly reinvigorate the brand and the franchise by having them cycle in new tribes of rangers and honor the continued legacy of the franchise by repeatedly bringing old rangers back as I was doing just like the cursory research for this episode looking through my you know Power Rangers wikis and stuff I saw that there have been multiple times that Tommy and TJ have interacted in crossovers that I hadn't even realized and it's just really cool how much people care about this franchise which yes is a little bit silly but at its core is about helping people and doing the right thing and there's nothing more worth celebrating than that and to take that to the next place I think it's really cool that we're sort of seeing that vibe continue with the comics which are a huge franchise right now the Power Rangers legacy materials whether it's a morpher it's a gold ranger zeo staff dragon dagger there's so many great pieces we just got those phenomenal enamel pins at new york comic con so big shout out to lineage studios and i think they're terrific so i just really enjoyed that it's a cool time to be a power rangers fan it's a cool time to celebrate this material and these three christmas specials exemplify the best and worst of power rangers they are some of the worst fucking episodes of the entire franchise really really but at their core they're kids coming together to celebrate magic they're working to uphold tradition and protect your community and they're finding a way to work together despite adversity that's really what power rangers is it was never teenagers with attitude it was teenagers saving each other and saving the world and frankly i think the biggest ding in any of these specials is just the children singing they're way too loud in alpha's magical christmas and it's like 90 percent of the special and the little girl singing in the power rangers zeo christmas episode is she actually creeps me out a little bit she's got like dead eyes yeah she's super dead-eyed resident evil very uncomfortable i really just want mila jovovich to stab her in the head we've been watching a lot of like the conjuring and annabelle type movies lately and like that is the vibe i'm getting from this child and her creepy song like i don't know what spell she put on the rangers but they need to watch out you've heard of pennywise be prepared for nickel dumb i like it Kevo, I love Christmas, and I don't think that enough people celebrate the most important part of Christmas. You mean all the needless waste, right? The white people nonsense. The the wrapping paper, the decoration. The white nonsense pageantry of it all. 
And I guess I just wish there was a TV show about nine people picked to work in a studio and compete to see who can create the most needless rap job. Well, I have amazing news for you, my friend. Does such a thing exist? As it turns out, Freeform has given us all a gift this year by introducing one of the most needless reality competitions we have ever seen with Rap Battle. So, if you can't tell from the punny name, Rap Battle is everything you want it to be and more. When we say this shit is the most overdramatic thing you can imagine, people sob on this show, and it's a combination ridiculous and high form of the art. We have spent five months watching 11 seasons of Project Runway, and in just four episodes, this program has been one of the most overdramatic reality competitions I've ever seen. It's mind-boggling. In fact, it's so intense, we couldn't cover it by ourselves. We'll be bringing in Jonah and Joey. So, j-j-jolly for the ha-ha-holly days, and Kevo, until then, where can everybody find you on the interwebs? You can find me kicking it on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Kevo Reilly, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y, and on the Facebook page for this lovely program at Real Nico Kevo Action, where you can also find us on Instagram, but not Twitter. Don't forget, that one is at Real Nico Kevo Ack. You can also find the super cool, super fun, super inclusive superhero stories that we tell over at kidriotcomics.com. Nico, where can the folks find you? You guys can find me all over this amazing network on shows like We Are Krakoa and X's for Podcast, where along with the X guys, we talk about the amazingness that is 80s X-Men, as well as the Dawn of X relaunch. Don't forget to check out the other amazing shows on this network, and if you hear anything you like, you should hit follow, like, subscribe, bon, doc, whatever you want to hit. Don't forget to check out wearekrakoa.com for all of your amazing X-Men news, as well as my Instagram, Nico Action, for all of the shirtless pictures of me you can see. Stand. And until we return to talk about rap battle before we return to the star battle, we'll see ya. Falalala bye. Well, you know the season is very and bright, and it's the HTML holiday special time. Kiko, Kevin, and Jonah bringing you that holiday smile. Also, Joey.